sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk three days a week during the offseason. And yes, I realized I came up a little short the last couple weeks, but by golly, I moved into my house. I have the internet again, and we are back in the saddle once again here on Locked on Mizzou. And this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. And well, since I've last talked to you, there's been even more recruiting news on the football field for Missouri. We're going to get to all that. And also, I have some pretty passionate and possibly controversial thoughts about a tragic event that happened Within the last week, the mother of Arion Penton, former Missouri cornerback, was killed in St. Louis this week. And, well, I just have some thoughts related to that, sort of tangentially about how that event was covered versus other events in our society recently. But again, first, we do need to get to that Mizzou recruiting information. Well, first of all, good news Possibly for next year, in fact, Travion Ford is going to be an early enrollee, one of Missouri's highest-ranked recruits for this coming fall. Also, a defensive end, a position of need, a possible pass rusher. I think for sure we're going to see him, and this is something I mentioned on my full Travion Ford breakdown, which you can check out in the archives on Apple Podcasts or at Spotify I think we're definitely going to see him as a special teams player as a true freshman. I don't suspect that he's going to redshirt at all. For sure, I could see him on the punt team. I think he'd be a good up man, possibly uh, the, the personal protector type role because, well, he showed the ability in high school to run with the football. He was a running back, too. So I see some skill in him, possibly, that we can use outside of just his normal pass rush specialist position. So... Travion Ford going to enroll early this January. I say good for him. You got to have your ducks in a row, good ACT score, good grades, all that stuff. So positive sign for him as a young man and certainly a good good thing for Mizzou. Obviously a position of need for the Tigers has been getting any kind of outside pass rush from the front four really in the entire Barry Odom era, certainly since Charles Harris departed in 2016. There really has not been that big-time pass rusher that Mizzou got used to for, oh, these, eh, the previous 10 years or so. Let's put it that way. Also, another guy who's even probably more likely to see the field regularly this coming fall, assuming we have a season, is Grant McKinnis, who's going to be a senior, a grad transfer from Kentucky. And, well, you don't see a lot of within-the-conference transfers, but I guess the SEC allows that stuff to happen now. But Mr. McKinnis was basically the kickoff specialist for the Wildcats for the last couple years and appeared to do a nice job with that. It seemed like he got a nice high percentage of touchback on said kickoffs, but it definitely appears he's going to be Missouri's punter this coming fall. And, Also, I wouldn't be surprised if he handles the kickoffs as well. We'll see. He's certainly, as I said already, he's shown the ability to do that at this level. Again, I've noticed that over the last few years, it sure seems like there are a lot more guys who are pulling double duty as far as being the place kicker and the punter. I just, 
that's something that just doesn't seem to be as frequent anymore. But, of course, Tucker McCann handled both duties for Missouri last season. And, well, possibly Grant McKinnis, you never know. He could possibly push the younger guys that we have as possible place-kicking options, too. But, you know, you do wonder how much that affects those guys. I'd have to talk to a kicker. Obviously, two different techniques there, putting more wear and tear on your leg if you're having to do both just in terms of practice and during the actual game. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what the theory is as far as less specialists. It just seems like specialization is really the way of sports. Nobody, Everybody wants – if you're a good baseball player, a good football player, they want you to just stick to that as soon as you're in about seventh grade or something. But I don't know. I've always been of the mindset that the more things you can do athletically, it'll help you in your main sport. I think, again, the previously – Mentioned Charles Harris, Drew Locke. I certainly think their basketball skills didn't hurt them as football players whatsoever. Finally, Missouri also secured a commitment from running back B.J. Harris from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, well, we certainly seem to like running backs from Tennessee, don't we? Eli Young coming this fall. Now B.J. Harris, a member of the 2021 class. And, well, just taking a quick look at some of Harris's film, some of what stands out about him, I frankly like the pass-catching element about him the most. He seems like a well-rounded player, and frankly, the older I get, the more football skews toward the passing game, the more I want a running back who can catch the ball and run routes, get open on third and four against a running against a linebacker who may not be quick enough to cover him. Because here's the deal. If you're a running back, you're almost if you're matched up with a linebacker, you're almost always going to be faster than that guy, at least in theory. But the problem is you may not have the pass catching skills, the route running skills, that type of deal. So, to me, those guys are becoming more and more valuable with each passing year. And apparently BJ Harris is a good run blocker too. He's good in pass protection. And and by the way, I just said pass protection there. All of you people out there who say pass pro just to sound smarter than you really are, please stop it. Please, can we stop that media trend, please? I get it. You're an insider with football. You, you have knowledge. Stop saying pass pro. I just I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. But anyway, I digress. Uh, you know, according to the people who know this type of deal, apparently they think B.J. Harris is a really good fit for Eli Drinkwitz preferred running scheme which is more of a zone blocking type scheme the old hey put your foot in the ground one cut and go type running style apparently people think Harris is a good fit for that if the hole's there he'll get it but maybe if it isn't there maybe he isn't the best runner in that in that regard but to me he may even if he's not as dynamic of a runner as say a Larry Roundtree I think he's he's going to be a nice piece at least I hope so at least in theory I still like the the overall package that he brings to the table, maybe even better than than an equivalent player who is just a runner, that type of deal. If he was a better runner but less of an overall player, in a vacuum, give me the overall player at running back these days. And I do want to finish up with some more thoughts on football recruiting and an interesting name bubbling to the surface for basketball. But first... I do want to say that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism 
and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. And of course, I got to tell you guys about our title sponsor, Built Bar. And here's the thing about Built Bar. Well, at least for me anyway, it's pool season. And you know what that means. It's time for me to drop about 10 pounds. That's my yearly goal about this time of year. Will I pull it off? Well, if I do, it'll be because Built Bar has helped me along because I can't live without the occasional treat. Quite honestly, I know how to lose weight. You cut out the sugar, you cut out the grains, all that good stuff. But you know what? You got to live a little occasionally. And that's why I like Built Bar because, well, they're low in sugar, low in carbohydrates, low in calories, all that good stuff. But you still get that tasty chocolate treat that we all, that we all desire. Oh, oh, so much. So be sure to go to builtbar.com. And use the promo code Locked On for ten dollars off your very first order. And guess what? Right now they have to up off to fifty percent off on everything over at BuiltBar.com. So use the promo code Locked On once again for your first order. Well, the Tiger football team is now up to sixteen commitments for the twenty twenty one class, and according to the folks over at Rivals, the recruiting heavy sports site this is the fastest in their era at least about the last 20 years or so the Missouri has gotten to that number and that's a really really good sign now the thing is if you look at their rankings Missouri is about now that I'm thinking about it 19th or 20th or something they're even above Alabama right now in the recruiting rankings well part of that is because of the number of guys that Missouri has secured commitments from so far but if you look at the actual average star number, the, the quality of the commitments versus, say, the quantity, at least, again, according to rivals, well, they're about 27th in the country. And just for context for Missouri, that's a really, really good class. They haven't had that good of a class since at least 2015. So Eli Drinkwitz, not just securing quantity here, he's definitely getting quality as well. And... The thing is about getting this many guys early, some of it is definitely on Missouri. I think that they're getting guys that they want. I think that Eli and his staff, they're just securing the guys that they really go after in a pretty big percentage. But you have to say a lot of it has to do with this whole COVID-19 shutdown period too. There's no doubt, I mean, according to one of Missouri's head coaches, there's been two or three times as many commitments at this time of year as there usually is. Now, I don't know how to actually verify that with any numbers, but I'm sure his overall point is accurate here. I believe it was Casey Woods, but I mean, the guy's been in the business for a long time. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. So that brings up the obvious question. How many of these guys are really solid commitments? Well, I don't know, just reading the tea leaves, it sure seems like most of them are pretty solid, but I think just by the nature of the fact that these kids are going to want to get on campus, take some visits, you know, be this, the the big man on campus being sought after. I think that's that's a cool thing, taking your visits if you're a superstar athlete like that. I can't blame anybody for doing it. 
But on the other hand, that's just going to mean you're probably going to see even more decommitments than you normally would too. Let's just hope that doesn't happen in a big way to Mizzou. That's going to really be something to watch is how many guys can they retain from this the 16 verbal commitments they've gotten already. Now, guys like Tyler Macon, the quarterback who I've mentioned a lot here from East St. Louis, he seems really solid. And by the way, so does the aforementioned Travion Ford. They both seem like they're really solid to Mizzou, out there recruiting hard. And that's a good thing because those are two of my favorite players in this class. You know, you guys have heard me rave about Tyler Macon, frankly. Well, also, their East Saint, his two East St. Louis wide receiver teammates, Dominique Lovett, Keontes Lewis, probably two of the biggest names that are left on the board that Missouri can seriously get. And honestly, for as good as Macon looked to me as a prospect last year, for how the Elite 11 camp has now invited him as a finalist in their final 20, you know, I just don't see any reason why those guys wouldn't come play with Tyler. I think we've got a great chance to get definitely one of them, if not both, of those guys out of East St. Louis. And, you know, there may be even one, a third receiver that we're looking at. But I think if Missouri got those two guys, they'd be pretty sad at receiver in this class. And then after that, you're probably looking at offensive line, at least offensively, as the most important position. And that certainly makes a lot of sense. We had plenty of problems blocking last year, and we had pr- plenty of problems catching and getting open, too. So the fact that receiver and offensive line is a big focus in this class, well, that makes all the sense in the world to me. And by the way, just shifting to basketball here really quickly, Missouri and Conzo Martin, his staff, well, they're kicking the tires on a kid, a St. Louis area prospect by the name of... Kellen Thames. And if you're thinking, well, that sounds familiar, well, you're right. You're on the right track because Kellen, as you probably have already guessed, is the son of former Missouri great Kelly Thames. And boy, if that doesn't make you feel a little bit old if you're me, I think you're lying. But anyway, just thought it'd be interesting if Missouri could potentially get Kellen on board. And, and who knows? Maybe Kellen Thames can pick up where his old man left off. That'd be pretty fun, right? But you know what? Just philosophically speaking, you know what's even better than fun on occasion? Well, that's satisfaction. You can't just sit around and have fun all day or your pleasure centers will be burnt out. So what do I recommend? I recommend getting a project going. And what better place to get your auto projects going than rockauto.com? Because you see over at rockauto.com, the prices on all your auto parts, regardless of make and model, are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why in the world would you spend up to twice as much more for the exact same parts that you can get at rockauto.com? So just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on. And they're, how did you hear about us, box? So we'll, so they will know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, are the all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Well, as you all heard earlier in this program, I did a quick read about, well, 
the Locked On Network donating to the Black Lives Matter cause. And obviously the Black Lives Matter movement cause, the statement in general has really come to even bigger prominence after the death of George Floyd. That's that's very obvious. And in the wake of George Floyd's, well, what I would call a murder, quite frankly, you saw a lot of people in the sports writing community write columns condemning the act and just condemning systemic racism, etc. in general. But I will say the reaction to another black person's death recently hasn't been quite the same, and I, and I have to ask myself why. why. Why is it different? And the reason I'm talking about this person specifically is because there is a rather direct sports tie-in. You see, this past, about a week ago, a woman named Kimberly Ratliff Penton, who is in fact the mother of former Missouri and CBC cornerback Arion Penton, was shot and killed in a St. John Applebee's that left two others injured, wounded as well. And by all accounts, Miss Ratliff Penton, who was 46, was a lovely woman, a mother, a, gosh, I'm trying to find the words here. She was just a good person, by all means. Obviously somebody who, like George Floyd, did not deserve to die. She was a big an active member of her of her sorority until the very until her very last day. I mean, basically, I'll, I'll let I'll actually let her cousin Trinisha Williams speak speak on her behalf. And he's she's obviously speaking to the assailant here. You have left a husband without a, a wife. You've left parents without a daughter. You left two sons without a mother. You can't say you're sorry for that. We can't bring Kim back. Our world is already living in times of such hurt, of hateful crimes and people being killed. When does it end? When does violence end? Young man, I forgive you. You did something very hurtful to my family, but I forgive you and I mean that wholeheartedly. I have to forgive you because I love God. Wow. What a statement. I mean, I, just the, the forgiveness there was was every bit as profound as, as the pain that you could obviously hear by me reading her words there. And just, you know, the thing is, it was really easy for all these sports writers when this happened to tweet out and say that, oh, this is a, this is a tragic story. And clearly it is a tragic story. But unfortunately, I, I googled Kimberly Ratliff Penton's name. I put it into Google News this morning. And you get seven results. None of those results have been columns condemning the act or even perhaps making any sort of larger judgments about American society or St. Louis or anything of that nature. No no bigger conclusions are to be drawn from this is what I'm gathering. Except I know that that isn't true. There are larger conclusions that we can gather from murder. Why do people kill each other? Now, there's, there's a hard question that we have to ask, but then you have to go to a micro level as well. Why did this specific human being decide it was a good idea to shoot random people that he had never met 
at a Waffle House? What gets somebody to that point? What is wrong with our society that this sort of act doesn't even really make headlines? You see, that's the problem. It did make headlines in St. Louis. You saw a few tweets about it from, again, on your Twitter feed from the Mizzou Beat Rider community. But then after that, after everybody got their thoughts and prayers out, well, then we just kind of moved on to the next thing. It, it didn't have any effect on the news cycle whatsoever. And the reason I use the phrase thoughts and prayers there is because the same people who mock those who say that they wish thoughts and prayers after, say, a school shooting, for instance, well, those people are mocked by the same people who are just basically giving their thoughts and prayers out to Miss Penton and just basically moving on at that point. Because here's the real issue for those people. Because the way our society works right now, there's almost a Borg, like this is a Star Trek term, there's a Borg of people that is really scary to go against. And by that I mean opinion-wise. If you express opinions that are not held by people in mainstream media now, you're now a target. So I understand that the George Floyd thing, see, there was easier. There was an easy and obvious enemy there. Well, first of all, it was the police. And it's become popular to speak out against the police. So the sports writing community doesn't feel any fear whatsoever writing columns about systemic racism or even gun violence. Now, surprisingly, the gun violence thing, that they didn't take that angle either. By which I mean taking that, that angle on the, uh, the killing of Arianne Penton's mother. I'm almost surprised that nobody did a gun violence column on that. Because that would have been the easy enemy. Just like white racism and the police, that's an easy enemy. But unfortunately, so much murder that happens in this country, that happens in, frankly, a bunch of, I don't know, dozens of neighborhoods. I, I don't know how many neighborhoods and just areas of the country, but quite honestly, there's just a lot more murder and shooting and killing than there is in a whole lot of other places in the country. So again, that's, that's not an easy question to ask, nor to answer, or even to face. It's much easier to just blame the gun instead of actually putting a mirror up to our society and up to all of ourselves as human beings. See, there's this old saw in journalism, and this is something that I was specifically taught at the Missouri Journalism School, and that's that when dog bites man, that's not a story because it's not unusual. Dog, dogs bite men all the time. But when man bites dog, now that's a story because that's much more unusual. Again, this is something I was specifically taught at journalism school. You see, the problem is is so much of non-police murder, just people murdering each other, has become dog-biting man to the point where people in journalism, it just doesn't care anymore. They just don't, it doesn't register. This is why when it comes to COVID-19 or anything, when people start talking about the, quote, new normal, that's why I absolutely abhor that phrase. It's a cop-out. When you say something is, is the new normal, that just allows us to avoid answering or even attempting 
to answer any hard questions. Or more importantly, you don't even ask the question in the first place. I'm just tired of accepting random acts of violence, gang violence, whatever it might be. Basically, private person on private person murder. Why is that the new normal? Especially in certain areas like parts of Kansas City, parts of St. Louis, parts of Chicago where I lived for two years. Well, frankly, the area of I, I lived in in Chicago was safe. But then you went a few miles to the south, a few miles to the west, well, suddenly it wasn't so safe. Why is that? Am I allowed to answer these, at least ask these questions? Because it seems like the sports writer community is afraid to even ask these questions, much less to attempt to provide any type of answer. Well, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of just only seeing sports writers hold mainstream sort of Borg-approved opinions, the safe opinions, because that's the thing about the Borg. The opinions that they hold, they as a society, as a society of bullies, well, they make their opinions the easy ones to have. And they make it scary and consequential. Think about cancel culture. They make it consequential to hold opinions that the Borg does not have. Is that the type of society you want to live in? Does that sound like free speech? Does that sound like America? Yeah, not to me either. I didn't think so. I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is if Black Lives Matter, which they certainly do, I certainly have no qualms with that statement whatsoever, then Kimberly Ratliff Penton's life mattered a lot as well. And it just seems like, for whatever reason, her and various other innocent people who are killed, they don't get the same traction that others do. I I just would like to wonder why that is. Again, I think a lot of it comes back to it's easy to hold some opinions. It's easy to have when it's easy to have an easy enemy, then we all get outraged. But when there's a difficult enemy or a less obvious enemy, well, it sure seems like we get silent. And I thought we said silence is violence. What happened to that? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to be silent anymore. I can't take it. And with that said, please check out Blake Lavelle over on Locked On SEC. I know we didn't get to it today, but we're going to get some more on the 2011 Tigers basketball team coming up soon. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.